Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. Yes, the hashtag worked, Big Back Omar worked. I'm back to host the show after Chad stood in for me and did a sterling job. But thank you to the two people that uh, tweeted that hashtag out. It worked. I'm back. Trending. But <laughs> it's trending. It's number 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 2077 in, in the UK. So, you know, doing good numbers. But um, I'm joined today by Chad Z. We're going to go look at the match yesterday uh, and talk about all the different action points of the 3-0 win against West Brom. A comfortable victory, really, in the end. And uh, really dominant victory from from start to finish. Uh, Chad Z, mate, how are you doing first off? You all right? Good, thanks, mate. Glad to be back on the other side of the of the mic. How was it? How was it hosting? Uh, yeah, pretty routine, mate. I don't know what all the fuss is about, to be honest. <laughs> send a few send a few links around and then just chat about football pretty easy yeah no i thought you you, were, you and jiggsy were good mate i know you tried to call you the key the new keys in gray but yeah i thought you know, that I was think, harsh to be honest yeah i i think i thought you were more des linem and alan hansen yeah to be honest. i'll take that as long as i'm linem yeah yeah you know definitely yeah definitely jiggsy's definitely alan hansen um always negative but anyway um yep great victory last night um Sunday nights, Chadzi, we love them, don't we? I know. I did say that on the preview. I said as soon as I'd seen that the the game had been moved moved to a Sunday night, I was very confident. It just seems to be all about us, doesn't it, on Sunday nights? And uh, I could get used to that. It's a great way to end the week. Wake up on a Monday morning with a smile on your face. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's uh, well, five uh, our fifth victory away from home this season. We only got what eleven points last season in the whole entirety of the season away from home, and we've got fifteen already this season. So it shows you the the progress that we're making, but also the type of team that we are and, and how effective we are uh, as an away side. But Chadzi, I mean, before we go into the match and talk about all the various action points, what what are your overall thoughts on on the match and the performance? Yeah, it just capped off a brilliant week for us, didn't it? That's three really good performances in a week, three clean sheets, two derby wins away from home. Um, and I think most crucially for me, the the fringe players chipping in and contributing. You know, you've, you've seen good performances from Ramsey, Elmo, House has been brilliant, Garzi chipping in with goals, Traore last night stepped up and uh, with a goal and an assist. And I just think it, it's been such a positive week for Villa. Um, and last night's performance for me was men against boys, to be honest. I think, you know, we might get onto it. We don't want to talk too much about baggies, but, you know, they were absolutely terrible. Um, so I won't get carried away too much by that individual performance, but I will get carried away by the week as a, as a whole. Um, I thought it was men against boys, to be honest, and the early goal was crucial. You know, we it could have been a bit like the Burnley game if we hadn't got the early goal, but that opened up for us slightly. Although they did they did continue to sit in, and then the red card helps us as well, as well of course. But what I love about the red card is that as soon as it happened, Smith made a positive change. As, as soon he talked about it after the game, but as soon as Livermore got sent off, Smith moved to McGinn higher up the pitch and we played with two eights as Smith calls them. We we knew we didn't have to have two sitting in front of our back four because Baggies were offering no threat at all with 11 men and with 10 men it was going to be even less so. And 
it was it was a case of go and finish the game and I was getting a bit worried towards the last 10 15 minutes that we hadn't finished it off and they were going to get that one chance to maybe nick a nick a draw but in the end it was a very very accomplished display from 1 to 11 what were your thoughts going into the game obviously the new manager coming in big sam notorious uh you know relegation survivor uh, and fixer yeah. um coming in first game of the season new manager bounce potentially so first game coming in new manager bounce potentially were you, were you nervous about the game or were you always fairly confident I think if I was going to the game if I was going to be there and it was a full house and we're in the away end and the, the baggies fans could get behind them then yeah, definitely would have been nervous and and I was expected I would have expected a bit of a new manager bounce but I think it's different with no crowds isn't it I think that, that it's a level playing field I think in the end he's still got a poor squad of players there and Actually, his post-match interview, I think he's already downbeat. You know, I think he's realised what a poor squad he's got to work with there. And I, I just can't see this one working for him um, at Baggies. But no, I, I was I was quite confident going into last night, even back to 3-0 win, as you saw on the chat last night. So, good, uh, good bit of uh, cash for Christmas. Um, but yeah, it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who who your manager is. If you've got... Jake Livermore as your captain and playing that central midfield role and Carlin Grant as your main striker and a, a, a couple of centre-halves that probably wouldn't get in most championship teams, then you're going to struggle, I think. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, let's start Let's start talking about the match then. And, uh, you know, really from the first minute, Villa were in the ascendancy and, and managed to get an early goal, uh, you know, a few minutes in, really. Um, I mean, how pleased were you for... Torre and El Ghazi to link up and create something because obviously against Burnley they you know I thought they played we both talked about it and I'm sorry you guys talked about it on the pod as well uh, you know they played they played really well in terms of the overall performance it's just the end product was missing but how, how pleased were you for them to actually be involved in a goal both both of them yeah definitely they were both I thought good on Thursday night but you judged on your end product aren't you at the very top level so I thought it was crucial for both of their confidence to to add um, add something to the team from a actual output perspective you could see how Garzi's confidence just grew and grew from that from that early goal didn't it and it was he was uh Coddle was talking about it on commentary but he was going looking for that second and third goal which which I like to be honest I like the confidence in him to do that and he's obviously been given that license from Smith to get shots away you know if, if space is being created elsewhere and he can get the ball out of his feet and get a shot off then why not um and Traore as well you could see that his confidence grew and grew as the game went on so like I said, really, really important for the fringe players to be adding some competition for places and keeping the keeping everyone honest in the squad. Really, you know, Al Ghazi's earned his place now, and and when Barkley comes back, okay, I'm sure Barkley will come back into the team, but it's not quite as quite as an easy team selection for Smith as some would think. What? Yeah. What? How about you? I mean, obviously, you, you weren't here on Thursday night. We talked about Ghazi and, and Traore, but. Traore's performance tonight is that is that encouraging for you? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think. I mean, I don't think he's been that bad, to be honest. Um, I know Jugsy has been a bit um, not downbeat on him, but um, a bit cautious about about him and, and his signing uh, really from the start. And I can understand why because you know he he is like most wingers can blow hot and cold. But I think what we saw yesterday was a really really professional and efficient performance for him. Um, you know, he, he used the ball so well yesterday. He hardly did anything wrong. He made the right pass every time, made the right decision, whether it was to pass and link up with Cash or whether it was to come inside and create space. 
you know, he did he did the right thing quite often. And really, I think he was pretty much the obviously not the same level as Jack, but not far off the same the same type of play. And what Jack offers on the left for us on the right, in that he creates space for the overlapping fullback. He gets in those pockets. He cuts inside, drives at the drives at the defense, and and from that you can create chances and create movement. And you know, I thought I thought I was really pleased with his performance. I'm really pleased that he scored that goal as well. And we'll come on to that later that that, that finish, and plea for Algarzi as well. I know he's probably Algarzi is probably the squad player. Let's be honest. And you know, he's he had a great game yesterday, but I think he just loves playing against Baggies. Let's yeah. you know, he's scored another couple of goals against them. Um, so hopefully he pushes on and, and his confidence grows and grows and he's very much a confidence player, but you know, there will be games where he won't be at his best and it's good that we've got competition for places, uh, now with, with Trezeguet out and obviously coming back probably in a few weeks time, you know, we've got some options there on the wing as well and Barkley coming back in the side eventually with, will mean Grealish will probably shift out wide as well. So, you know, you've got four decent players there with Jack obviously being the, the pick of all of them, but Really happy, really good goal. Uh, I thought uh, I thought actually Watkins did really well in the initial build-up play as well uh, to win that header because he has no real right to win that header. And I thought all, all game really is what we've seen from Watkins. You know, yes, he you know he's unfortunately that goal got chalked off. And again, we'll come on to that in a second. But you know, his overall play means so much for our team. I mean, what what do you think about Watkins and what he brings to the team in terms of how we play now and how? Also, how, how much of an attacking threat we are, uh, both away and home. Yeah, we've talked about it a bit, haven't we? I think his all-round game is superb. And I, I do feel feel a bit sorry for him the last couple of weeks that he hasn't hasn't got that goal that his performances deserved. He had one chalked off at West Ham and then missed the penalty. And then, obviously, that one last night was pretty uh, pretty borderline for me. I think, I think he's very harsh to have that one ruled out. But interestingly enough been reading the piece Greg Evans wrote this morning that um, he's applying more pressure in the attacking third defensively than any any other player in the whole league and what he's doing yeah. what he's doing defensively and and leading that press from from up front is I think played a p- pivotal role in how many clean sheets we're keeping you know we're, we're a lot more solid because what the midfield and attack are doing from a output perspective applying pressure defensively cutting off those easy passes out from the back, protecting the midfield more. People are breaking less from midfield because they're, they're having to work harder in their defensive third to, to get the ball out and play away. So, yeah, I mean, excellent signing, unbelievable value for money. You know, if you compare him to what Wolves spent on Fabio Silva, for, as an example, it's an absolute bargain. I think he's going to score hatfuls of goals for us over the next four or five years. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree with that. And the way he stretches their defences, the opposition defences, means that, you know, you, like you said, you know, the likes of Grealish and our wingers and McGinn, et cetera, Barkley have so much more space to run into and, and work with the ball and create opportunities. And, you know, without him, I don't think we're half the team that we are at the moment. Um, so he's, he's an invaluable member of the team. And, and really, you know, at his age, potentially he's going to be a massive factor in how well we do in that over the next few years as well and hopefully he can push on and, and you know he deserves it he de- really deserves a goal I think you know he's he hasn't really had that many clear-cut chances no. when you, you can think about you know he had a couple against Liverpool where he, even then he scored a hat-trick he, he thought he could have more and apart from that really he's had half chances I think uh, nothing nothing I can think of uh, and the two or, or three that he's had, he's had you know the penalty miss yes but apart from that the two or three he's had he's you know he's put two of them away um, and he's just been unlucky, I think, and hopefully it'll come from him. I'm sure it will. If he keeps getting the right areas, then you know we're creating chances. Then, then hopefully. But at the same time, you know, Smith likes to share his goals around the team, and I think 
you know, he's, he's always mentioned that. He's mentioned that from last year. And that's why I think we brought Wesley in. Because Wesley, I don't think, was ever a, a goal scorer. Uh, he was always a link player and an important member of the team to help create chances. And yeah, you know, it was sort of, it worked sometimes, it didn't work other times. But I think Watkins is, uh, is there's a similar type, and obviously not a similar type of player, but there's a similar type of job or always a similar type of purpose in our team uh, in terms of creating chances and creating space for others. So, you know, really pleased. And, and really, I mean, you know, I thought his performance was excellent again and really hard to fault anyone. But looking at the rest of the half, then obviously the other big talking point, apart from Villa's dominancy, is Jake Livermore's tackle. Um, I mean, what a really stupid challenge from an experienced pro, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, Allardyce was fuming with him pro-match and rightly so because, you know, you need 11 men on the field when you're that poor aside. And for your captain to set an example like that when... Jack's going nowhere. He's in his own half on the touchline. Very, very strange thing to do, to be honest. But he was, um, he, he, his, you could tell his mentality was wrong straight from the kickoff. I think he fouled Jack within a minute, um, and then he pulled him back about ten minutes later. And you could tell he was a walking yellow card, and it was a matter of time before he was going to get booked. But um, to go in like that and, and try and make a point really was just ridiculous. And he was rightly sent off and. I'm um I you know I, I'm the biggest dissenter when it comes to VAR. I think it should be thrown in the bin and we should get on with our lives. But you know that's where it that's where it does have its positives that they they've sort of upgraded the yellow to the red. They've given the referee the opportunity to go and watch it again, and he's rightly been sent off. So as much you know. As much as we uh, criticise VAR, and I think you need to be balanced sometimes when it does does play its part. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, to be honest, I was um, surprised he got yellow straight off the bat because I, I thought it looked worse real time than it did in slow mo. Because in real time, it looked a really nasty challenge, and and you could sort of hear, hear the scrape almost, um, and you could see the intent. You know, the way he jumped in, he knew Jack was there. Yeah. He, knew, he wanted he wanted to hurt him. You can tell. But then when it, when it slows down, you sort of the, the the touch looks not minimal, but you can see it sort of grazes Jack rather than hit him full pelt. And I think Jack's really lucky actually he didn't hit him full pelt because that could have been a nasty one. Well, but, it is a matter of time. Sadly, it's a matter of time before he gets a, a bad injury because it's every every other week he's getting a, on on the bad at the end of a really bad challenge like that, and they will start tightening up eventually. And sadly, I can't see him playing thirty eight games this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it must be tough on the body. I mean, he's so resilient, I know. But yeah, you know, we've got, we've got, to, we've got to protect him. But then obviously the other talking point, uh, talk, sorry, talking point was uh, Courtney House were a few minutes later, really. Uh, and normally, you know, you give a referee an opportunity to even things out. They, they normally take it. Were you surprised that wasn't given a red card? Well, I think it was, he didn't get the opportunity, did he? They didn't go ask him to go and have another look at it. I think if they'd have told him to go and have a look, he probably would have given a red because... Like you said, he would have tried to even out, probably had a bit of pressure applied from uh, the baggies bench and things like that. But, you know, if the, if the um, video referee doesn't think it's the same level of, of um, offence, then that's fine fine for me. I think if, as long as it's the same people making the same decisions, then that's where you get a bit of consistency. But, you know, it was a nasty challenge. But um, I think it's different from the Livermore one where he's two feet over the top of the ball, getting the man with his legs in the air. Uh, but yeah, I mean, perhaps lucky that lucky didn't get upgraded. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think the intent was there, was no. it? I think it was more it was more of a mistimed yeah, challenge yeah. rather than anything else. And he, he did catch him quite high, but 
he sort of slid down his ankle down to the top of his foot. Um, so, you know, I don't think there's any malice there. Yellow card's probably right. Yeah, I think it's the intent, isn't it? That's yeah, the difference between yeah. the two. And obviously, obviously Baggies will talk about that um, as, as maybe a turning point or whatever. But I, I mean, really, I think if anything, we look better 11 versus 11 than we did 11 versus 10 because they made it tough for us. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's always going to be the way, I think. I think if it was nil-nil when they'd had a man sent off, it could have been a really difficult night for us because they would have just sat in literally two banks of five or a six and a four, and it would have been really, really difficult to break them down. But we were lucky that we'd, we'd already had the early goal, so they did have to try and offer some threat on the break, which did open up a little bit of space in that sort of centre circle area in the middle of the pitch for us um, after after that sort of the transition. But... Um, yeah, I think that's that's often the case, isn't it? As soon as teams in this league go down to ten men, they all of a sudden become a lot more difficult to break down. And uh, but like I said, I was really pleased with how positive Smith Smith was in terms of making that tactical change immediately. What, what do you make of the second half then? Because for the first fifteen twenty minutes, it just <clears throat> seemed like it was going to be a matter of time before we scored. The way that we were playing, um, we sort of uh, over, well, Jack sort of stuck to the left hand side alongside alongside Ogazi and Target and. And, uh, you know, they were over overlapping and uh, over committing on that side and creating numerous chances that side. Uh, and it seemed like, you know, we were, we were sort of knocking on the door, but it wasn't coming. Were you getting frustrated or were you, were you pretty confident that we were going to score? Oh, yeah, I, I was confident, you know, until the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, you, you start to think maybe it, it could be one of those nights. But, yeah, I was confident. Like I said, they, they were working the triangles down the left-hand side. Jack drifted out outside. Target was overlapping a lot. And... Again, Smith mentioned it in his post-match press conference. He was really pleased with how patient we were in those wide channels, keeping the ball, knocking the knocking the triangles, getting those third man runs in behind, and then if it wasn't on, just coming back to the full-back area on the right-hand side with Cash and Target as well. When you know that that patience then is what allowed us to create a bit of space in the middle, and that's where Al Ghazi, Traore, McGinn were starting to find little pockets of space, and um, I think that. You know, it, it, Sam Johnston, despite conceding three, had a good night, didn't he? He made some really good saves, a couple from El Ghazi, uh, a couple from Watkins. And um, yeah, on another night, it could have been another five or six. But um, yeah, that 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 for me shows how far we've come, that we can be so patient with the ball, not try and rush it, wait for the right opportunity. And we were working the keeper more often than not, rather than wasteful chances and, and long pop shots from, from miles out. So really encouraging that we found a way to win these types of games. Who, I mean, who, who, who were the standout players for you then overall in the game then, do you think? I mean, Jack Grealish, obviously, you know, we've talked about it before. We sort of take him for granted. Um, and he's always, you know, even his six or seven out of 10, he's the best player on the pitch. And, you know, yesterday he created eight chances, the most anyone has done in an away Premier League game for the last five seasons. Yeah. Uh, and even then, you know, it probably wasn't his best ever game or anything like that. He was just, you know, his usual self. But who else, who else do you think, you know, who else were you pretty pleased with uh, yeah, you know, in, overall? Interestingly, I thought Jack was quite sloppy in the first 20 minutes. He gave the ball away quite a few times, didn't he? And I thought, oh no, it could be one of those nights. But yeah, Jack was brilliant. And like I said, that's, that's become his standard performance now. I thought McGinn was excellent. I think his, his ability to sort of turn defence into attack pretty quickly... Um, making those runs into the channels, the third man runs that we talked about, which then create space inside for the likes of Grealish and and the overlapping wingers as well, was was really important for us. And I think it's another night where we shouldn't we shouldn't dismiss 
how how good we've been defensively. You know, Mings and House haven't had a huge amount to do. Let's be honest. But every time they were called upon, every time there was a long ball into the channel, every time Baggies looked like there was a potential opportunity for them to cause a threat on the break, Mings and House dealt with it so efficiently and without any fuss at all, really. And um, it was another good night as well for me for the, for Target and Cash. Both both looked really good. I think that was Cash one of Cash's best performances in a Villa shirt. A really positive link up with Traore on the right hand side. I think that sort of inverted winger coming in onto his left foot, creating space for Cash to overlap. And he's got the energy to do it. He was up and down that wing all night long. Is I'd love to see the output from uh, how far he's run last night because it just seemed to be every time we had the ball, he would overlap and then. Within 30 seconds, he's back doing his defensive duties as well. So, really pleased with the back four. Martinez hasn't had anything to do, but you know his stats are stacking up now. To to have seven clean sheets already this season, as many as we kept last season, is just absolutely brilliant. So, you know you could go through that whole team last night and say that you're pleased with the performances. And I think really interesting that Smith didn't make any changes. That's how pleased he was and how well everyone was playing. I mean, what do you what do you think about um, Louise's performance last night? Do you think he sh- he's shown on the ball there why it's so important that we keep him fit? Yeah, I mean, massively. Uh, um, you know, I think Nakamba did okay against Burnley, um, but he's a different type of player, and Louise is so important to our team. He's you know he's he's become part of that call now of him, Mings, Jack. Uh, you know, maybe Watkins and Martinez as well. You can you can put in there that are so important, integral to our team. You know, he he he's such a good defensive midfielder now. And I don't think he was naturally a defensive midfielder. I think he's always been probably been a number eight. And yeah. that's what he plays for Brazil. But he's adapted his game. And the way he's improved his physicality and how good he's in the air now. And, you know, just his general pace and, and athleticism, I think, is massive and ha- has helped him massively. Because he's always been good on the ball, always been a good handler of the ball and, and, and passer of the ball. But now he's got the other side of the game. You know, he... And this is where you you separate sort of the, the good from the great, I think, um, in that, you know, if he does go for a challenge, if he does try and intercept a pass or whatever, he won't just clear it or or just try and get a foot on the ball. He'll try and control the ball and try and make a pass straight afterwards and try and find a player all the time. And he'll always try and find forward passes. He won't just go sideways for the sake of going sideways. You know, he'll try and, and play, uh, you know, passes that are aggressive and, and forward thinking and I think that's so important to our team and he's, he's, he's a massive part of our team he had 91% pass success rate yeah. yesterday only Mings had more passes uh, in our team yesterday so again shows you you know the, the importance of, of of him in our side and you know he's just a such a such a good player now defensively and you know he's it's helped I think having McGinn there in certain games next to him as well uh, giving him a bit of cover because sometimes he can get isolated and we've seen that in games and I think you mentioned McGinn as well I thought he was fantastic and, and great to see him back on, on form as well but yeah I mean Louise really really happy with him and and hopefully I mean you know you know what I'm going to say next but hopefully we can we can keep hold of him for yeah for the longer term I think he's become more savvy and street smart as well in 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 this league in terms of we were pretty naive at times last season um, and Juggs has talked about it a few times on the pod. But, you know, what I like now is when a team looks to break on us, we're happy to commit that professional foul, pull him back, just trip him up, you know, do the things that all, all the top teams do. Just break up that break, break up the attack as soon as possible, let everyone get back in. And sometimes you might have to take the yellow card for it. But 
that's the sort of thing that last season we weren't doing. We were too nice. And I think people like Louise um, and McGinn to an extent and, you know, Target, Cash now, we're, we're happy just to commit the foul, you know, let everyone get back in and um, break up the attack and, and take the pressure off the defence. So, you know, it's not, you wouldn't say it's a hugely positive thing to, to, to that we're committing fouls in that sort of area, but it is, it's street smart. It's the way you win matches. It's, it's part of the game now, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Let's be honest, you know, uh, we've seen it with Man City and Liverpool and what they do and, and it, not a foul, but you saw that what Louise did yesterday because, you know, we've talked about it already, but as soon as, as long as that game was going on in the second half and we weren't scoring that goal, you were getting more and more worried and they had, you know, one quick break when Phillips went down the left-hand side when Target got dispossessed from a corner yeah. the edge of the edge of their box and, it was Louise who was there coming back and, you know, you could see he was thinking about fouling him, but he managed to sort of yeah. mus- muscle uh, Phillips out exactly. of the way and get back. And again, shows his, you know, street smarts to maybe even think about doing that because we probably didn't need a challenge then. But the fact also his physicality and athleticism to get back, you know, Phillips is a strong, quick player um, and he matched him. So it's really important. And, and you mentioned another player there, Target as well. I just want to touch upon him quickly. I mean, his again, another fantastic performance for him. You know, he's become so consistent. A, a player really that most people thought was our weak link going into the season. He's been one of our strongest players this season, hasn't he? He has. And I think this is where you have to give players the benefit of the doubt in terms of giving them time to settle into a new club, giving them time to settle in, especially in the back four with who they're playing with. And also how important it is for a defender to have an assured and consistent vocal goalkeeper behind you. You know, it's so important for the back four to have that confidence in their goalkeeper. He's playing regularly with the same uh, partner inside him with Mings on the left-hand side of that central defence. He's generally got Jack in front of him apart from the last couple of games, so he knows what he's doing from an attacking perspective. They've got a really good really good partnership that's developed over the last uh, couple of years. And um, he's a good player, as simple as that, I think. It, it, he's the perfect example of why sometimes um, we shouldn't be too quick to write players off. And um, I'm, I'm just so pleased for him. He, he's assured in the tackle. He's winning his aerial duels. He, he's a great attacking threat. His passing is progressive. His recovery in terms of getting back in and and, and covering this, the centre-halves is, is excellent as well. So long may it continue. And um, well done. Well done, Matty Target. I'm really pleased for him. Excellent, yeah, no, really. Um, and uh, the other, well, the other fullback, Matty Cash, was uh, integral in that in that goal that was disallowed for Ollie Watkins. Um, I mean, another goal that's been chalked off, another call that's you know marginal. And even then, I'm not. I mean, I'm looking at the picture. I'm not sure the, the even the line. You know, the drawing, th- you know, three D lines and a two D picture, and that line doesn't look straight to me. You look at the edge of the box; it looks completely. And maybe you know, it's our perspective of what we're looking at. But even then, the line they're drawing from the sleeve and from the drawing from Ollie's sleeve, it looks completely different yeah. to what they were drawing last 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 time out. Um, That's the annoying thing, isn't it? I think, you know, the offside is the one where it's black and white. And um, you, you can't criticise VAR if, if they're making black and white decisions that are consistent and clearly... It's clear to see how the decision's been made, but actually, like you just said, the line that they've drawn on his sleeve um, is in a completely different position to the line that they drew um, in the West Ham game. So they're applying the technology differently. Um, individuals are still applying it differently in different games, in different contexts, and that's where it just becomes a farce. You know, the offside rule was originally brought in all those years ago to stop people goal hanging, and. Um, I don't think you can be ruling out goals like that when it's it's clear to see that there isn't a 
a common consensus that that's offside. So I think the benefit of the doubt should always be given to the striker. But uh, sadly, I think we're going to be talking about VAR every single week on this pod, and that that just proves that that it's not not having the effect it had, which is to eliminate um, controversy from the game, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, um, you know, well, eventually we got the goal um, and he came quite late on. But, I mean, I, we were getting worried, but I don't think the players were ever really worried. They seemed pretty confident to me. They seemed like they, they knew it was a matter of time. And I suppose as long as long as the game went on um, and Baggies had to get a goal back, obviously created space and that's what happened. Grealish picking the ball up uh, off a loose pass or I think it was just a ball that sort of got knocked down and, and he chested it and drove again through the middle and then outside of his right foot played a... Uh, a good ball to Traore and I mean what a finish he I mean yeah. Watkins makes the run on the outside almost like a decoy run allows Traore to come back on his left foot and you know Johnston I don't think he's got up yet has he I think he's still yeah. sitting down after that yeah he's well uh, and truly planted wasn't he and yeah I'm glad you mentioned Watkins there because it's his run that creates the space he's doing so much work that might perhaps goes unseen at times but yeah outstanding goal that is isn't it the, the composure but also the uh the intelligence to take it early is the fact that he's taken that shot early. He hasn't had the clear and obvious sort of back lift there that's let Johnson get set. He's just sort of crest it into the bottom bottom corner before Johnson could even even think about getting ready. So yeah, touch of class there, and um, obviously that that finished the game off. And we said earlier, just really pleased for Trey Allway. That that should do his uh, confidence bundles. Yeah, and then and then it was a. Uh... Matter of time before we even got the third, and uh, you know, Grealish again driving, running to the box. Very positive. Uh, you know, you could easily just sort of uh, take the two nil and uh, see the game out. But you know, just drove into the box, got fouled. You know, a little push in the back, and maybe even a trip. I wasn't really sure. And Agazi steps up, and uh, he's become our expert pen taker now, hasn't he? And gets his second goal which he loves to do against the Baggies, score two against Baggies. Yeah, I was quite interested to see if they would give it to Watkins to give him the goal he deserved and get his confidence back on on track. But I'm really pleased they didn't. You know, we shouldn't piss around. This is the Premier League. We should get our best penalty taker to kick the ball into the goal, exactly like I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And we need to have that ruthless streak. So I'm really, really pleased that our guys did that. It's, you know, that's three goals in a week. Could have had a couple on Thursday night. It could have conceivably been four or five goals in a week for Al Ghazi, which would have been an outstanding return. And the way um, it, it must be so frustrating as a defender, you know, Jack's charging into the box there, and I'm pr- almost certain they're all saying to themselves, even the, even the lad that's committed the foul, don't foul him, don't foul him, don't foul him, whatever you do, don't foul him, don't clip his leg, don't push him over. But it's just like a magnet, isn't it? He just draws it in, and, and, and they end up doing things that they just don't want to do. And uh, yeah, brilliant play from Grealish again. He's come away with two assists and uh, his stats are, are incredible really, aren't they now? Yeah, he's created what, 45 chances, I think, uh, in the Premier League this season. The most out of any player in the whole Premier League. Yeah, uh, he's, I think his chances per game is the most out of anyone in Europe. 56 fouls, I think, and, and second in the list is sort of 36 or something. It's just crazy, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, I know fully well that Jack Grealish, when he got that ball, he was thinking... I'm getting a pen here. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's the way he thinks. You know, he sees that. That's that's what great players do. You know, Mike Rooney before Zidane. All these players have talked about how, you know, when they play football, they 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 know what they're going to do instinctively. You know, they they have that they have that bigger picture almost in their bra- in their brain. You know, they may not be the, the the sort of the cleverest people in sort of the real life world, if you like. And and you know, Grealish, I'm sure, is one of them with what's gone on recently. But I think when it comes to a football pitch, they're just geniuses, aren't they? They just know. 
what to do next. They know which way to go. And, and uh, you know, Grealish again showed, apart from that first sort of 10, 15 minutes where, he, like you said, it was a bit sloppy. You know, he always makes that right decision. He always goes the right way. He always makes the right pass at the right time. Um, and that's a rare trait to have, you know, that's a rare trait for any Premier League player to have. And again, it separates, like I've said before about Douglas, it separates the good from the great, uh, I think. Um, so just talking about um, our general progress, I mean, at the start of the season, we all gave our, our predictions on where we thought we could finish. And you were the most positive of us all, saying that you thought we could finish in the top half. And, you know, we've got 22 points now, which took us 21 games to get last year. We've got them in 12 games. We're we're well and truly into that top half with a couple of games in hand over the teams in the top four still. And, you know, we could conceivably get three or four points out of those games in hand, maybe even six on a good day away, away at City. But... What's your ambitions now? Where do you think we can go with this? And and do you think, we've talked about it a bit, but do you think the owners will be looking at this as an opportunity to really have a, have a go at that sort of top six and, and maybe push on with a bit of investment in January? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a good question. I think it's a difficult one. I mean, if you look at, if you look at Spurs, you know, they are, I know they're lost against Leicester City, but, you know, they're still in there with the title challenge shout and, you know, the media is still talking about them as potential title challengers. But if we win our game in hand against New... Well, we've got, you know, we've got one one of the games in hand we've got against Newcastle who yeah. you would think we would beat. If we beat them, then we're, we're you know, we're, we're fifth and got more points. Well, we've got, we've got the same points to them, but better goal difference. So it shows you the level that we're playing at. If it was me, if I was the owner, I think, and again, this is this is an amazing job that Dean Smith's done. You know, he's we've got promoted probably a season earlier than we thought. Uh, we've uh, we've we've sort of stayed up against the odds, uh, and now look how well we're doing. And there's probably not something that we thought we'd be doing for another season or two. Um, so we're ahead of schedule uh, by a couple of years, I think. But if I was the owner or the owners, then I'd definitely be looking to invest. But January such a difficult window. Yeah. Um, but I think with a few key additions, and this is where Lange comes in, uh, I think probably abroad is going to be easier than buying from the Premier League. And we saw last year when we were looking for Premier League experience. Um, and, and also we're a more attractive proposition now. You know, we are heading in the right directions. Players can see that. Um, you know, we've got three or four tough games and it may look a different picture after that. Um, who knows? But if we manage to st- sort of stay there or thereabouts, then you know, players will be willing to come to us and, and we'll want to try and push us. But I think, you know, if we can get, I think it's difficult to say what positions we need because there's two or three that we need and probably you need to prioritise one. Um, but I would definitely maybe look for a forward option and maybe maybe a midfield option um, in case, uh, you know, Barkley gets injured again or Grealish gets injured again. And we just need that alternative, um, I think. Um, so I, I'd be aiming for top eight. I think it's more than achievable, maybe even top six. And that's, you know, me being really, really ambitious, I think. But there's no reason why we can't do it. The way that we played, you know, there's only only Leeds and that Leeds can do that to a team, definitely. Only Leeds have, have have outclassed us. No one else has. We should we should have had points in pretty much every game, whether it's a draw or a win, we should have had it in every game. So And do you think uh, you know, it's a huge cliche now, so I'm, I'm I don't want to dwell on Leeds too much, but do you think Smith's going under the radar, you know, for in terms of national coverage, national praise? You know, Lee, I was watching the Leeds game last night. They were getting absolutely thrashed all over the shop by Man United and still the commentary team were praising Bielsa, his style, they couldn't couldn't oh, praise him enough, you know. Shocking. Okay, I'm, I'm a bit sick and tired of talking about Leeds, so I'm a bit annoyed with myself for bringing them up, but <laughs> Smith himself, you know, what an outstanding job he's doing. And for me, I'm quite pleased it's going under the radar. Do you think he should be getting more credit? 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm glad he isn't, to be yeah. honest. He deserves it. He's, you know, he's done an amazing job, a ridiculously amazing job, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to say that I was fully behind him and all that kind of stuff. In December, I I had, you know, I wavered a little bit. I was thinking, you know, maybe we should think about an alternative here. It's not working out, but, you know, fair play to him. You know, he's. I'm so glad he's done it as well, obviously, because he's one of our own. But, you know, the way that he changed our team post-lockdown and what we've done this season, and, and I'm the same as you, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of, I've forgotten about Leeds now, really, to be honest, because they're no longer relevant to us. Whereas probably they were when we were in the championship and probably at the beginning of the season, because, you know, they, there was a bit of needle there, but, you know, they lost 6-2 and they were awful, really. You know, they were just, cam it was kamikaze yeah. defending against Man United and they're still getting praised and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a bit like Albion when they came up under Megson, you know, they were, they were a very attacking team, played really good football, but they couldn't defend. And if you can't defend, you're really going to struggle. And, you know, I think, um, other managers have made this point. Uh, the old Huddersfield manager, um, David Wagner, I think said this, uh, you know, he says all the good teams that stay up, you know, they build on the defense first um, because it's such a vital part of, of what they do. And I think that's why Smith changed last season. Exactly. We were on our way down, it. weren't we? We were exactly yeah. like Leeds last season. Gung-ho, naive, just conceding too many goals, va sort of valiant heroes in defeat. Um, and we talked about it quite a few times. Lockdown saved us, didn't it? It was our defensive solidity after the restart that, that kept us up and and you're spot on. And just in terms of Smith, I think I think they've assembled a really strong uh, and well-balanced backroom staff now, haven't they? He's got his right-hand man, Richard O'Kelly, JT, an up-and-coming coach that's very well-regarded, Craig Shakespeare's very, very experienced number two and, and coach at this level that's got um, superb credentials and has clearly improved everything that we're doing from an attack and defence perspective and, and Neil Cutler as well that's very well regarded both tactically and also um, as a specialist goalkeeping coach and he's done some great work with Martinez I think he was key in the recruitment of that so this is this is a really strong squad both on and off the pitch now and it's just so so positive it's just great to be able to come on here and talk talk in such positive terms about Villa in terms of the present and also the potential of our future and um it's the team spirit and togetherness as well is a great credit to to the the captain the squad the players and and the backroom staff you know this is one of the most um together teams i've seen at villa I mean, every single player is likable you can get behind them and when when they score, they're all at it. You know, they're all celebrating together. You you only got to look at social media after a game, the photos, and and how much they're enjoying each other's company. And it's just it's just brilliant. And it's all that's all you can ask for as a fan. You know, you you win some, you lose some. But if you can, if you've got a squad of players that you can really get behind and believe in in the manager and the and the staff to give everything for the cause, and um, the results on top are sort of the cream. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And, and you know, you, you can say it's easy to be together and be jubilant and buoyant when you're winning games. But I think at the same time last season, you know, the, the struggle that they shared together has been yeah. invaluable for them this season. And they stayed together last season as well. Um, and, and that's so important, I think. And, and it's proved, like I said, invaluable this season. But, you know, excellent win overall. A great performance, professional performance again. Did all the right things. Um, it took a bit of time to get those second and third goals, but we did it in the end. And, you know, we go on now to, to the Crystal Palace game on Boxing Day. And before we look ahead of that, let's, let's just quickly go to the comments. Um, apologies, you know, we're running a bit short on time, so I won't be able to read all of them, but we'll, we'll try and do a few as, well, as much as we can. And then we'll just have a quick preview of the, of the Palace game. Uh, although there will be a preview going out later this week as well. Um, so firstly, Nick 
Uh, Litchfield says, one of the most comfortable Villa wins in a long time. Cash showed more of what he can do when he get forward, uh, putting some great crosses. McGinn looking back to his best. Watkins just needs to stick at it. His movement is great and the goals will come. Thought Mings was great also. I mean, all, for, all, all everything that we've mentioned really. Yeah, spot uh, on. So far, yeah. And, you know, Mings has come into some criticism some parts of the season. But again, I think, you know, he's been, he's so important to our team in terms of what he does in terms of a leadership role and how he organises the defence alongside Martinez. Uh, and his performances in the last few games have been been really good, I think. Yeah, uh, he's been absolutely outstanding. And uh, I will admit that there's been at times in the past where I've been frustrated a little bit by his sort of... Um, um, his his casualness at times on the ball, but no, you know, he deserves full credit. He's been absolutely superb. He's clearly alongside Jack, the leader out there on that pitch and um, our clean sheets are stacking up. And as far as I'm concerned, um, he, he's earning earning every penny at the minute. Uh, Sam Cleary says, has that Trero performance relegated Trez to the bench permanently or is it a case of horses for courses? Yeah, very good question. I think like we talked about at the start, it's given Smith some really difficult decisions now when he's got uh, everyone back fit. And, you know, two or three weeks ago, that's not a situation we probably would have foreseen, really. So I don't know is the answer. We'll have to see what Smith does. But um, I think Trezeguet has very much cemented himself as one of the coaching staff's favourites, hasn't he, in terms of what he does off the ball as much as on it. So um, I think it could potentially be a horses for courses situation based on uh, based on sort of the availability of other players as well because Traore can move centrally, Trezeguet can sometimes play on the left, and um, we've got options now, which is great. Yeah, good competition there. Uh, Jugsy um, has chimed in with a couple of comments as well. Obviously, his first one is pretty negative. <laughs> he, go, he mentions how crap our corners were playing it short to target or not beating the first man. Yeah, they were pretty poor yesterday when our, our set pieces, I thought, um, weren't, weren't great. But let's not dwell on that, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, let's not dwell on that. Get back to work, Jugs. <laughs> uh, and he was also asked, what do you think our best 11 is? So following on from your comment around horses for courses, what do you think our best 11 is now? We're nearly at the January window. Well, I mean, no idea. I think that that's what's the, the good thing about us. I think I like it when we've got the two sitting in front of the back four. So you got Martinez, Cash, Consul when he's back, despite the fact the house has been brilliant, Mings and Target. Then I'd I'd have Louise and McGinn sitting, Barkley in the ten role, Jack on the left, um, let Traore and Trez fight it out for the right hand side, or even Anwar and then Watkins up top. But yeah, it's it's great that we're even talking about this and there are some tough decisions to make. How about you? Yeah, I mean I, I think I'll go with that to be honest. I think Trez against the better teams where we need to press and have that work rate against teams like Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Spurs. I think, you know, Trez is an invaluable part of that team. But I think against teams like Burnley and and what we saw against West Brom, where we're going to have a lot of the ball, I think the way that Traore, Grealish, Watkins and Barkley, when he comes in, the fullbacks, the way they interlink and, and overlap and the movement, something we haven't had at Villa for a long time. Even under O'Neill, we never really had it. Last time we had it was under Gregory, Little and, and Atkinson, is the way that our you know, our players move around the pitch and create options. Um, it's so important in in Premier League football. And I don't think we've had that for a long time. And it's why we're such a good attacking unit now. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd probably agree with what you just said there. Last comment then uh, from from Den, from Dennis Jones. Uh, great that we have players filling in who are doing a good job. I think we would have drawn that last season. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think we've said that about a few games this season. Um, and so lastly, Bell says, my comment is Target is having a very good season. Deserves credit. Yeah, 
I mean, we've talked about we've, we've sort of waxed lyrical about about him. Um, and then last, sorry, last one. Uh, given the upturn in performances of our fringe players, how do we strengthen Jan? I think we've covered that already. I think there's a few areas, and we've just got to Smith got to end the day decide what what he's got to prioritise and what's the most important thing to him. Personally, I would be looking at the forward positions. I think we need another option there um, because I know we're playing well, but you know it just takes one injury um, to to mess that up. And and likewise, maybe centre back as well. All the house has come in and done really well. So. Yeah, I think we would have. I would have said centre back would be the priority for me up until the last couple of weeks, but. I think you know House has been absolutely superb, and Jugs had said in the last pod that he's been such good value for money since we signed him. But I think you know we should probably judge House over longer term when he's got a, a few trickier opposition. I think Burnley and Baggy is probably the perfect uh, opponents yeah. for him. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's come out of this week with a lot of credit, and rightly so. Um, but you know, I think you know there's potentially judge him after he's played Chelsea, United over the next few weeks as well. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Uh, lastly, uh, Mark Hines, when will Oli get a break, not have VAR absolutely do him over? Is a lack of goals, a lack of luck going to affect his overall game, going to Christmas? He didn't look as confident yesterday. I don't, I don't think it will. I think um, you know he's going to work hard and play hard as much as he can and get in those positions. It's just just needs a goal, I think. Uh, is, and is Anwar buying his team into that into the team ahead of Trez? We've, well, we've talked about this already. Um, a house we've talked about. And Martinez is the best keeper in the league. I think uh, it probably is, isn't he? At this, well, he definitely is in terms of clean sheets. And he's only uh, what is it, nine, nine, nine clean sheets away from beating uh, Edison's record, I think. Really? Uh, apparently. Um, I've wow. read somewhere, or maybe, or maybe what he got last season. Um, I can't remember what the stat was, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, fantastic game. Looking ahead to the Palace game then, then Shazzy. I mean, would you keep the same lineup? Um, yeah, probably. Assuming that Concer's not fit again and, and Barkley's not fit, but I'd like to think one of those two will be back in. It's early in the illness, isn't it, for Concer reportedly, so you'd like to think he would have shaken that off by now. A bit worried that Barkley's injury is a bit longer term than we were made to believe at the start, but um, you know the way they've played the last couple of weeks, for me, doesn't necessarily just walk straight back into the team. Um, so, yeah, I don't know is the answer, mate. Depending on fitness, um, there might be one or two changes to that midfield area, but I think the rest of the team picks itself. Yeah, I think so. And it will be an interesting game. And Mings isn't suspended, although I said that last night in the Villa View. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was because it came up with Tyra Mings' five yellow cards and everyone assumed he got suspended, but it was actually his squad number. So <laughs> thank, thankfully, thankfully, he's just got three yellow cards. So he'll be back. He'll be there for the Palace game. So... Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe Conta comes back in, like you said, but we, we will see and uh, we'll preview that game later on in the week, uh, potentially. We'll do, probably do just a quick preview because um, we've obviously got the Dwight York interview that I've milked all week uh, coming out and it's probably going to come out tomorrow evening or Wednesday morning. Um, um, I've been getting my head around how to video edit and I think I've got around it. So it's near, it's pretty much done now. So that'll be coming out. We're running a competition as well on our Twitter page. So at Villa Podcast, all one word, have a look. It's a, an amazing print designed and produced by uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Aston Villa um, designer, who's done some great stuff before. Um, please retweet the, the tweet, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel to enter, and then we'll announce a winner probably Christmas Eve time and, and get that sent out to you post-Christmas. Uh, so a late belated Christmas present uh, for someone. It's a great picture. It's uh, uh, coming on the back of what we did. Uh, last YouTube video it was the top five uh black players to play for Aston Villa in in in, uh, in honour of Black History Month uh, back in October. So it's a great, great picture and great one to hang on your wall, I'm sure. But please enter. But Chadzi, thanks again for for coming on 
coming on the show. Um, thanks for hosting last week. Probably be back hosting again, I'm sure, uh, at some point. Bring back Chadzi is trending, bring, apparently. Yeah, After number, this number, episode. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hashtag bring back Chadzi if you want him back. Um, but thanks, Chaz, again. Always enjoyable, thanks. mate. Thanks, mate. And thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy your, your Christmas. Have a good one. I know it's been a tough year for, for a lot of people, but at least Villa are doing something positive and, uh, you know, having a positive influence on our lives, uh, unlike normal when uh, it's sort of sort of doom and gloom. So it's good news on that front, but keep positive, keep strong, uh, keep listening and keep talking. And apart from that, up the villa. Keep smiling, up the villa. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.